0: What's up, guys? Welcome in to another edition of SSPN Post Game. My name's Jude McLaren. Usually my partner in crime, Ethan Quintero, is here with me, but he was actually at the Hawks game tonight, so we won't have him on the show. But we're going to do a little bit of a Q&A here. We'll see how many people get in here. Um, But before we get into any of that, we'll just jump straight into our normal post game. It'll be a little bit different because it's just me flying solo this time, but a lot of you guys might have also checked out Ethan's video that he did one time where I was out and uh, he did a solo recap as well. So I see a little bit of you guys are coming in here. We appreciate you guys. Hope you're having a good night. I know another Spurs L, but at the end of the day, I think we were all expecting it. So let's jump straight into this game. So we'll start off with our offensive player, of the game or our offensive MVP is usually what we roll with. And that's going to be Bryn Forbes tonight. DeJounte had 22, but if we just go straight off efficiency, not only did Bryn score the most amount in the game tonight, but he was also nine for 12. I think this is by far Bryn's best game so far this season. Unfortunately, he's not going to be consistently hitting step-back mid-range jumpers and step-back threes because he's been doing that this entire season and it hasn't, you know, the shots haven't fallen until tonight. So, it seems like this was more of an anomaly than what's going to be the normal thing here for the Spurs. So, you know, good good dub for Bryn tonight, you know, W for him, still L for the team. Uh so a good night from him, so we'll have to see what happens with that moving forward hopefully it can be consistent because we need more three point shooting tonight uh, I don't know how many threes he hit I'm gonna go ahead and check that right now went three for five but nine for twelve overall hit some floaters as well um, you know we know Bryn has some skills but once again it's just about being consistent and this was more of an anomaly than the norm so offensive MVP for Bryn tonight uh but probably not going to continue unfortunately okay talking about the defensive mvp i'm going to roll with Derek white had two blocks two steals but more importantly i felt like he had way more steals watching this game i don't think that necessarily he got the credit for them which might have been right on the stat sheet uh and the stat keepers um I guess the way that they they called steals I'm not sure exactly on the details of that but point is he was in there tonight he was on the floor a bunch I felt like getting his hand in there you know disrupting things um and that was mainly for the first half because as you guys saw if you watched the second half of this game the Hawks just kind of ran away with it but in that first half I felt like he was you know, doing really well defensively, making sure to clog up lanes. I felt like he just caused a lot of turnovers tonight for the Hawks in that first half. Um, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I'm giving Derek this defensive MVP, but he is still just not finding his place in this offense. One for six from three, three for 12 from the field, only seven points, um, two turnovers as well. Uh, you know, we just did a, um spurs roundtable on tsr sports with clan the spurs fan ethan was there last night y'all can go check that out if you want to over on his channel um and one of the things we were talking about with derek is and this is a video that ethan and i have made as well is moving him to the bench and bringing up devin vassell to kind of space the floor and be more of that off-ball shooter instead of forcing derek into that role and letting him facilitate more which is where he's been successful throughout his entire career um As we're seeing continuing to force him into this, you know, this two guard role, it's just not going to work. You know, the times that I felt like once again where he did have success tonight was whenever he was able to kind of facilitate, get inside, get a little floater. That's how he got his looks. But still, at the same time, even when he gets those looks, they're not falling. So it's just a thing that we're going to have to continue to watch with Derek. And this is something that um, me and Ethan have talked about before and it's just like if this performance continues as much as we love Derek, and as much as he's doing on the defensive end he's just going to be somebody who might end up getting traded million Gnu, appreciate you being in here my man i'm glad that you loved the round table definitely y'all go check that out on tsr sports uh, with clan the spurs fan myself and ethan it was a really fun conversation we talked about basically everybody on the roster who's gotten significant minutes it's about two hours we broke it all down um and if y'all have questions during the stream like i put it in the title this is a q a based one because it's just me so please throw some stuff in the chat uh questions about this team all this stuff there you go million has white reached his ceiling so it's seeming more and more like that is the case this was just another example of it you know i mean he's getting inside but that's really you know that they're not dropping the floaters aren't consistently dropping and it's like those are i feel like If he was making those, those would help him get in rhythm for the rest of the game. And he's just not consistently making those. I mean, the jump that I thought he was going to have, I thought he was going to be a consistent shooter. I really did. I thought it was going to be at least like, you know, 33%, 35% at the worst. I obviously overestimated that. Um, He is just not comfortable in this offense. and, And I feel like, you know, maybe he could go somewhere else. And get a little bit more comfortable and maybe a ceilings raised there but I feel like on the Spurs as of right now from what we've seen so far million um definitely and Laura Latin appreciate you for being in here thank you for listening to that round table I'm glad you enjoyed it um but let's get back in to the post game as well talking about Derek White so no unsung hero tonight I just really couldn't find anybody usually it's Devin Vassell or Trey Jones but You know, Trey had a little bit of a rough night tonight with turnovers. Um, He ran about one offensive set where it looked good, but then there were a lot of, like, times where he would just try to ISO or not even really ISO. he just try to drive past his man, go to the basket, and he just didn't make anything tonight. I want to see what his total shots were. Yeah, 0 for 2 on the night, and those were literally just two drives to the rim that were contested, and they, they didn't look good. I thought he took more shots than that, but I guess not. Um, so unfortunately there for Trey Jones, you know, uh, one of the things that Clan brought up on that roundtable that we did was how he wasn't as sold on him as me and Ethan are. And it was just kind of ironic that this first night I watched and it's like, ooh, this was some struggles from Trey Jones. And I think that there were some things that maybe I didn't see that I was just like, oh, he's... He's the, the next guy on the bench that can replace somebody else who's struggling, so I just feel like he's super up, you know, the best player ever, right? It's like the backup quarterback thing. The most pop, the popular guy on the team is the backup quarterback, you know, when the quarterback's struggling. So same things when Bryn Forbes was struggling, wanted to bring up Trey Jones. Lo and behold, tonight, Trey Jones struggles. Bryn Forbes has an amazing night, like my man Illuminati Gaming says um lance leong appreciate you being in here m easy i see you down there as well too. miss the game Shocked the free throw disparity yeah that is that is another thing that we're going to get into and we might as well just jump into it right now and that is um some of the things that we are struggling with right now uh and the first thing that i can talk about is free throws you know it's something that you don't really think about too much because it's not like While, yes, it's a basketball play, like it's not a play. Everything stops. You just go to the line and you shoot. So it feels kind of insignificant and like separated from the game when you're watching, at least from my perspective. And it's just it's just frustrating because it really does make a difference. Like they're free points. And when you look at the end of the game and let's go ahead and check the team stats for that right now, um, you know, eight for 10 from the Spurs. So not a bad night shooting, but 24 Attempts for the Hawks. They were just able to draw more fouls. And you got to think, like, not only did the Hawks outshoot us tonight, but like they outshot us on the free throw line too. And the thing is, is like these guys have this team is just shooters. Trey Young, Kevin Herter, even Cam Reddish can shoot. I mean, the list goes on and on. Bogdanovich, um, my man Gallinari, he he made some shots tonight. Lou Williams, even Delon Wright was 0 for one, but like that's a guy who can also hit a three. And you're letting these like peer shooters go to the line like this. It's it's like, you know, you can't expect anything else but for them to, you know, shoot ninety six percent or whatever it was. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a tough it's a tough time here in Spurs Nation when you have people like Keldon Johnson and Jakob Purtle, And that's not to say that they're terrible players, but we know that right now they are struggling free throw shooters. And it's just something that's adding on top of, you know, the badness of what's going on right now with the Spurs. But let's jump into something else. Let's jump in to also rotations. That's something that we're also continuing to see the Spurs struggle with and they need to get better at. Um, um, You know, it's like game after game you'd expect for these things to change, but I think there's just an experience and a talent gap in most teams that they're playing. And those things combined are just allowing the same mistakes to continue. Uh, the big thing that I think uh, was a glaring weakness that doesn't always happen in other games. Only five transition points for the Spurs tonight you know that's really where they're able to get things going with this young team when they're able to beat them with their speed get easy layups from steals whether that's started off by Devin or DeJounte Murray we've seen that throughout the year that's where I think Kelvin shines as well Um, it really feels like when we're playing in transition that's when the Spurs you know are able to have success and when you only have five transition points it's you know, it's not a surprise that you got blown out by the Hawks, but also this Hawks team is better than the Spurs. They're more experienced. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. So, I mean, it's I was expecting a blowout. I don't know about you guys, but we'll get in here to the comments. Million again. Our free throw shooting this year has been horrible. I think TSR brought it up. Yes, yes, we are shooting like 66%, I think is what he said, 64% uh, around there in the starting lineup. You, you got to do better than that. Um, But going back to just the transition thing, once again, that's the Spurs bread and butter. I mean, this is a young team when you're able to take advantage, you know, of that youth. um, That's where they're going to have the most success and didn't see a lot of it tonight. Okay, but the main thing that I think we all want to talk about here is Jock Landale. We got to see him. He's back. Uh, he's back and healthy. I know it was only garbage time, and that's the same thing. We've only seen him in garbage time, so you can only take so much of it. But there was a little stretch where he was going up against Clint Capella and he was looking pretty good. You know, it wasn't anything crazy, but it's like, okay, this dude can like match up size-wise. I felt like his defensive rotations um were honestly better than any big that we have. And it was a very small sample size, but I really thought that I thought that he moves a lot better. Um, and some of that is because he is a little bit um, slimmer, even though he's two fifty and he's six eleven. At the same time, he's you know he's he's got a thinner body than say a Eubanks or a Thaddeus Young, right? So. You do give up a little bit about that, and sometimes he can get bullied in the post, but still, at this point, with the way that the rotations are struggling, especially with Eubanks and with Thad Young, and even with Jakob to an extent, even though Jakob's doing a really good job defensively, and we saw when he was gone, you know, how much he means to us. Uh, the way that jock was able to move i just felt like there were less times where like the rotation or the switch happened and then clint capella or whoever was playing center was just wide open like there were times where like jock would even if there was a little bit of a mishap there he would run over and he would get there just in time um so good good stuff from jock landale missed his three um but you know once again only going off these garbage time minutes but from what i have seen from jock landale in this second appearance, I'm still, I'm on the train. I want to see him play more. You know, we're four and 13 at this point. Why does it matter? And and that's the thing too, M easy where you mean to tell me Primo can't get minutes in this te- on this team. Give me a break. It's, it's really tough. And we were having this conversation on the, Roundtable last night and i was like oh well maybe you keep him till the all-star break you know let's we don't want to ruin primo we don't want to bring him in if he's not nba ready hasn't gone through the whole spurs system but they also brought up a great point in clan and tsr and that like they're gonna if they're gonna be that guy like if josh primo is going to be an nba stud nba star then he's gonna be able to play and come in and just play like that's how all of those guys have been other than like and it's weird because it is within the Spurs. You can say other than like Kawhi Leonard, who was kind of brought up in a very simple or not simple path, but like a, a very structured path, right? Um, where he increasingly progressed each year and it wasn't like he was a star at the gate. But at the same time, if Primo is going to be that guy, like you got to play him now. So I understand where you're coming from there M. easy, especially when you've got some guys at guard who are struggling, um, I still like Primo playing in the G League like I like the idea of it but I am I feel like I'm less opposed to Primo just because it's like look if he's made of it he's gonna he's gonna have success even if you know it's a struggling team there were so many young guys who were on struggling teams for forever and still had success, success. like De'Aaron Fox he's still kind of in that situation um, even Colin Sexton, right? He's not a crazy NBA player. But before Darius Garland was drafted, he was going crazy in that rookie year for the Cavaliers, and like we know he's a pure scorer. So whatever Primo is going to be, regardless of the situation, he's going to make those plays if he gets minutes in the NBA. And if we give him those minutes and he doesn't, then, you know, you can say, oh, he's 18, still has time to develop, which is true, but it's like I kinda I liked that argument that they made. And it was something that I hadn't thought of and I feel like you know you do really learn a lot about you know what you see out of young guys, even if you throw them in a situation um, where there's a lot of pressure. But yeah, let's talk about Devin Vassell. I see y'all are talking about that. That's probably the biggest takeaway, honestly, from this game. The most major takeaway because we know where the Spurs are at. We know they're a lottery team. It's the Devin Vassell got hurt and it was like on an effort play too, guys. It made me so mad. So Illuminati, you asked what happened to Vassell after L- Laura brought it up. Um, so he's going up for a rebound and really it should have been over the back foul on him. But he goes up for this rebound over a guy and gets it. So it's a great effort play and they didn't call a foul. But when he lands kind of like on top of him, his leg lands really awkwardly. And so I think it was a lower like it was like a hamstring slash knee area strain, which is like it's the last thing you wanted. Um, And he was having a rough game tonight. But like the thing I love about Devin and this is like, look, shooters are going to have off nights. Right. But he kept shooting for the most part until that injury and was playing hard. So I appreciated that. Um, And Laura brings up a great point. It wasn't that hard. It seems like this could be like a Doug McDermott thing where he's out maybe a couple games, which sucks for the Spurs considering that he's like one of their few spark plugs right now. Um, But it definitely could um, have been a lot worse. So it's like don't be too alarmed, but also it really sucks because he could be out like three to four games and – that's just going to make watching these games even more miserable. Like it, it was a 20 point blowout tonight. Imagine what it might be, you know, with the cell defense, not in there, even on a night where he wasn't shooting. Well, all right, my man, M. easy. Just getting straight Q and a in here guys. Cause that was really, I've, I've kind of gone over everything um, that we have in our post game. So I understand that you want to nurture Primo, but perimeter guys ahead of him on the depth chart are really, yes, exactly. That. And it's like, you know I know that like Lonnie has earned his chops you know and everything and the Spurs have this culture which we all love and it's like you want to treat people right you don't want to disrespect them especially after they invest in your organization but it's like man like Primo Primo looks a lot better than Lonnie right now man like Lonnie hit that one three or I think he might have hit two tonight let me go ahead and check the check myself before I wreck myself nope one for four for Lonnie two for seven overall five points. Had five assists and four boards, I guess, but it's like this is this is not what we're expecting out of Lonnie. You know, he was a first-round draft pick and really felt like a steal at 18. And it's just unfortunate. It's just unfortunate. So Spurs 21209. Is it coach or lack of talent on this team? I agree with my man Illuminati Gaming down here. Um, it's definitely lack of talent. You know, we we we've seen what pop can do with championship level players, and it's a dynasty. Um, Obviously, it's easy when you have three Hall of Famers, but at the same time, um, this is very obviously a lack of talent. There's maybe some things like maybe we'd like to see Jock Landale play a little bit more. um, But at the end of the day, like that, none of the changes that we would make on the roster, I think, would really change the result of this team. Other than maybe getting Zach Collins back, depending on how he plays, if everything just runs perfect with Zach Collins Then maybe that could make this team, you know, a little bit closer to the play-in. But I don't think any of this, like, none of this is a championship contender. You know, even if Zach Collins is playing tonight, like, I you're still losing by basically 20 points. So I don't know if like that's the difference. You know, whenever he plays, we and I just don't think that that's going to end up. um, Even if he did have like a monster game, like, you just don't know if that's going to be. The difference with the way that everybody else plays. And we don't know how everybody else will play around him. Maybe his spacing helps out a lot, but still, I think you guys get the gist. It's just not, it's not Pop's fault. I don't think that, that wouldn't make the difference of like, beating a team like Trey Young, John Collins, Clint Capella, you know, all these guys that, you know, are frankly more athletic and better shooters. And then on top of that, they have more experience and they're still young. So it's like the. They just check all the boxes of how to beat the Spurs. Unfortunate. Get TJ some help. Yes, Tiara. All right, Laura, let's check out your question. Do you think some of the players may start to get sour to the point of wanting to leave if certain players just don't improve? That is an interesting question, and I think it's a good one because I was even watching, um, and I mentioned this on one episode. I don't know if it was on here or if it was on TSR or TV, but there's times where you can notice like now – I just I wonder if it's going to get to the guys, like it it hasn't fully, but you can tell like when they're getting blown out, like even though they come back a little bit in in some instances, like tonight they let it get away from in the third quarter. I was like, all right, here's the blowout, and then they got it to like almost a ten point game, like with about like seven or eight minutes left, and it was like, oh shoot, and then things go downhill again, and it seems like they're not taking it too hard. Um, Maybe some will want to leave, but I, I just can't really. That's a great question. Maybe it happens, but I don't know the answer to that. But I think it's definitely, I think it's going to be very interesting to watch how these young guys handle and take basically these beatings that they're taking. It seems like they're taking it pretty well, but you're still seeing some things to where you can see the frustration bleeding out a little bit, and and hopefully they can just stay together and, and ride through this thing because it's going to be very interesting. I know that doesn't really answer your question, but I really, you know, I don't have the intel. I got to be inside the team to know if like some of these guys would want to leave. It seems like they like each other a lot even though they're struggling. Um so ho- hopefully that's not the case, but you know, you never know if you're not inside the locker room. So I think it's just going to be something that it's going to be very interesting to watch. Um so yeah, let's see. Here's what million has to say about Collins. So Zach will give us uh, some size in the front court and take care of the pressure of KJ Take some pressure off KJ, but that's about it. I don't think in fish. Yeah, I agree with you. Like maybe he hits a couple more threes, but as we've been seeing this year, like even though that would help us like a couple more threes, it's not the difference. There's, there's a whole other list of problems that <laughs> that also exist with this Spurs team. Um, yeah, this is a great point, Haiti, because I was watching even tonight, and he missed a layup, I believe, or maybe he passed it off to Jakob. I don't know what it was, but Jakob went up and got the – and it was like a great second-chance opportunity, and Jakob just missed a wide-open pop shot, and DJ was just like this. He just like threw his arms off like, man – and It's because, like, he's the one who's been around the longest, even though he's young. He's like younger than Derek. He's been in the system. He's the longest tenured spur. He's the one who knows what to do. He came in around Kawhi and Lamarcus Aldridge, and like, he's seen that championship mentality. You know, he was on that 2017 team. Like, Kawhi was with us in the Zaza, or not Kawhi, excuse me. DeJounte was with us in the Zaza years. Like, he's really seen everything. And so I think that that's why he looks upset or annoyed because he's like he's seen the standard, you know what I mean? So, you know, but I think Illuminati you bring up a great point here. And here's a, here's a human moment, right? Humans learn from adversity and this is going to be a great learning year. And I think that that's the thing that me and Ethan even coming into this year like we were so hyped and we had so much you know, hope for these young guys. We're like, oh, it's going to be great. You know, they're going to be unleashed. You know, they're freed. We're going to play fast, modern NBA basketball. Everything's going to be great. They got to learn, like you said. Um, even Michael Jordan went through lo- losing seasons. So these guys are going to learn. It's a learning year. It's a learning process. And and they're going to be fine. It's a rebuild year, like my man Renee says. So let me see what Laura has to say. Sometimes I feel that the idea of the Spurs way start, may start to get old, even for the most... L- loyal players losing games can take its toll it definitely can but if these guys keep perspective and realize hey let's just go through the season learn some lessons get get a Chet Holmgren Holmgren Apollo Banchero maybe there's a lot of a Jalen Duren even a Jabari Smith there's a lot of really talented front court players in this draft and the Spurs might have the highest draft pick they've had in a long time so if we can get another elite franchise changing front court player remember the last time that the Spurs were able to to draft a a high one of those it was it was Tim Duncan and but you know all of that being said we hope because the draft lottery can mess us up, man. It can screw you. It can screw you. So we'll have to see. Thank you guys for being in here tonight. I know this was a little bit of a different live without Ethan being in here. And the L's are continuing to pile on. But we'll have Ethan back in here soon. Um, and hopefully Huevos Banchero. Yes, we need our man Paulo. I'm down with Chet Holmgren too. Any of those big guys, you know, we, we need another a big post in the Spurs that can help us out. We'd love to see it, whether it's the athleticism of Paolo or the shooting and skill uh, of Chet. Um, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting. Yoga says we're going to draft a yard. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, honestly, I wouldn't even be surprised. Uh, but anyways, we'll be back soon. Me and Ethan will on SSPN. I'm actually going to be at the game on Friday and I'm going to make a vlog. I'm going to go and I'm going to, you know, it'll only be like about two to three minutes and just some highlights of the game. Um, but y'all definitely be on the lookout for that. We'll try to get some, some new content, some SSPN vlogs out of some games. Me and Ethan got to go one together and then make like one of us. It'll just be me and a group of friends this Friday. But anyways, go Spurs, go y'all. I appreciate you guys being in here for show. Y'all are some real ones and I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Before that, don't forget to like, and subscribe if you haven't already. And also you can follow me and Ethan on Twitter. It's just our names right down here below uh, if you want to stay updated on everything else. So thank you guys so much for being in here. I'll catch you guys in the next one and go Spurs go.